Hello and welcome to Abe Mus Papam, episode 251, Pius VIII. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Abemus Papam. So we left off last episode with a growing split in the church between those who wanted to react to the vast upheavals in Europe with an absolute return to the medieval way of looking at the world and the role of the Pope and monarchical rule, which was kind of represented by Pope Leo XII, and those who wanted to find some modest way of reform without compromising the truths of the faith, which was represented by Pope Pius VII's Secretary of State, Cardinal Consalvi. Today's Pope is essentially a reaction to the reaction. The rulers of Europe didn't want another strict traditionalist like Leo XII, and so they pushed the cardinals to elect someone more palatable, and we got Pius VIII. Pope Pius VIII was born on November 20th, 1761, to a family of Italian nobles in Cingoli, Italy. His full name at birth was Francesco Severio Maria Felice Castiglioni, and he was the third child of eight. His mother came from the same family as Pope St. Pius V. Like many younger siblings of noble families, he was destined for the church from an early age, and he studied under the Jesuits in Rome at the same school as the young Annibale de la Genga, the future Pope Leo XII, who was only a year older than him and just ahead of him at school. He didn't do well at school. He was forceful and a troublemaker, so his parents transferred him to a university in Bologna, where eventually he completed degrees in canon and civil law in 1785. He didn't initially want to be a priest, and the study of theology wasn't interesting to him, and his boisterous personality seemed to prevent his accepting of the vocation his parents wanted for him. But finally, in 1783, thanks to the help of a couple of good spiritual directors, he was ordained to the diaconate, and on December 17, 1785, he was ordained a priest in Rome. When one of his mentors in canon law was named the Bishop of Agnani near Rome, he brought the young Father Castiglione with him to be his vicar general. And after a couple of years, he was recruited away from Agnani to be the vicar general of the Diocese of Fano and a professor of canon law at the local seminary. He stayed there for seven years and then moved on to be the vicar general of the Diocese of Ascoli in 1797. Now, with all the crazy upheavals that are happening in Italy around the turn of the century, Father Castiglione was faithful and yet tried to be compromising. And if this sounds familiar, it's the same tact taken by Pope Pius VII, who after his election in 1799 named Father Castiglione Bishop of Montalto in 1800. In his diocese, Bishop Castiglione fought against the tide of secularism by promoting devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, by preaching, focusing on the formation of the clergy, and by banning books promoting atheism. But his fidelity would be tested when Napoleon annexed his diocese to France and required an oath of fidelity be given to all the clerics in 1808. Bishop Castiglione refused to make the oath and was arrested and carried off to Pavia in chains. Like Pope Pius VII, the French moved him around a bunch over the years of captivity, finally leaving him in Milan where he remained until the defeat of Napoleon in 1814. He was able to return to his diocese in June of 1814. He was rewarded for his fidelity by name, being named a cardinal by Pope Pius VII in the consistory of March 8, 1816. And in others, another coincidence, this was the same consistory which elevated his former schoolmate, Cardinal Annibale de la Genga, who later, as we said, became Pope Leo XII. Pope Pius VII further showed favor by naming Cardinal Castiglione the bishop of the Pope's hometown of Cesena in 1816, but he had his work cut out for him. He had to try and reestablish the church in a part of Italy that had been dominated by the French for almost a decade, and he went about this task with vigor, preaching and teaching, confirming the faithful, and he was given more responsibility in Rome as well and was seen to be a key ally of Cardinal Consalvi. 
When Pope Pius VII died, Cardinal Castiglione was his preferred successor, and he entered the conclave as a leading candidate. But circumstances and politics prevented him from being elected, and instead, the more zealous faction in the cardinals prevailed and elected his schoolmate, Cardinal de la Genga, Pope Leo XII. Cardinal Castiglione was decidedly not of Pope Leo XII's persuasion and spent the majority of his papacy working in his diocese without a major decision-making role. But when Pope Leo XII died in 1829, he again entered the conclave as one of the leading candidates for election. This time, however, he was in pretty bad health and relatively old. If you remember, he was only one more year younger than Pope Leo XII, who had just died. And that suited the majority of the cardinals well. The more traditional, the Zelati, the zealous party, saw that they couldn't prevail in the conclave. The pressure on the cardinals to elect someone more moderate and in temperament than Pope Leo XII was great. And so they settled on Cardinal Castiglione. The Zelati, seeing that he was fairly old and in poor health, figured that he wouldn't be around long and they could get their preferred candidate in the next time around. The new pope took the name Pius VIII, a direct callback to his great patron, Pope Pius VII, and signaling his moderation. He decided his day of coronation as pope and taking possession of the Lateran Basilica would be May 28, 1829, the anniversary of the return of Pope Pius VII from exile. His papacy, however, would be brief, and his opponents in the conclave had hoped that, and they got their hope. He undertook some moderate reforms along the same line as Pius VII, but they wouldn't stick. He died November 30th, 1830, after an asthma attack, and he was buried in St. Peter's Basilica. And he was succeeded by the more traditionalist Pope Gregory XVI, and we will talk about him next time. Thank you for listening to Avemus Papam. You can find the rest of the Catholic Link podcast at catholiclink.org or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and God bless you.